0: Welcome to The Jannie and Angie Show with January Donovan and Angela Schneiders. We have a dream to rebuild our church and restore the tender love of Christ to every human heart. We believe in women's irreplaceable role in rebuilding our church, our culture and our domestic church. As St. Catherine of Siena reminds us, be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. It is time to rise and reclaim souls for Christ. We must deepen our formation as women and prepare ourselves to lead the new evangelization. Our vision in The Woman's School is to build our church one woman's formation at a time, and only then will we set the world on fire for Christ.
1: Good morning, everyone. <laughs> the Angie and Jenny Show coming to you today to talk about misconceptions about visualization. Mm-hmm. Now, in the woman's School, Angie and I, and just even in our formation, both um, Angela understanding um, and studying the mystics, and me studying um, women, studying and understanding dreaming, studying the concepts of so many virtues, It is apparent to us the importance of visualization. However, as Catholic faithful, I don't believe we have enough formation in what that is. And there's a lot of talk, negative talk on what that is and fear around it. So we are just going to break some of the misconceptions down so we can get to the heart of the beautiful gift of our imagination and visualization. Let's take it away. And okay. So
0: with
1: you. you are my partner in crime and we are going to, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're two friends mm-hmm. determined to grow in our own holiness in spite of our failures Yes, driven by a vision to rebuild our church one woman at a time. And that's what this um, podcast is about that's what this you know conversation, this movement, mm-hmm. and the importance of doing that now more than ever. So we're just going to talk today a little bit because we can always go off in so many things, and we love <laughs> to get on, on just this idea of visualization. So, um today we are going to start off with the scripture. and you want to read scripture mm-hmm. um, that we just pulled up this morning, and it's just so powerful.
0: so um, powerful. And, it, and it's funny without even realizing it years ago. Uh, one of my dear friends and I, just in our cue for adventure was dream dreams and see visions. And Jannie, that's straight from the, um, both the Old and the New Testament. So if we turn to Joel 2.28, mm-hmm. um, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophecy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And then we also see in Isaiah 44.3, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. And then I think it's so powerful that in Acts, which again, we know is is after um, uh, our Lord's passion and resurrection. um, This is Acts 2.17 that, And in the last days, and that's very providential for our time, what's happening in the world today, not saying that we're at the end times, but there's certainly a profound movement from the Holy Spirit happening. And in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophecy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So this is... um, this is incredible, what's happening right now in light of current events, and um, why I think it's so critical, Jenny, that we have this conversation and dispose our hearts to be receptive to our Lord's uh, promptings.
1: Yeah, and, and that, you know, in the women's school, we talk about the desires of our heart. ray, right, mm-hmm. of the sire, it means of the Father's heart, mm-hmm. and the importance of not indulging or inhibiting our desires, rather developing them, because they lead us to our dreams. Now, Ange, talk to me about, you know, dreaming and our Catholic faith and how we've we've been taught to dream, and what that looks like in our current culture. Absolutely. What's your experience? <laughs> because yeah. you know the experience that I have, and you know I have, is that we're not really taught to dream.
0: No, we're not, and. It seems to me that that's been a gap in our in our current formation because um, you know Jenny, as you and I were discussing, my mom, who's a passionate, devout Catholic, uh, um, just a saint in the making in her own right, and also uh, has her masters in both theology and literature you know, when she was forming my brothers and I and raising us, she in her study of how to, how to best formulate the heart and mind of a child and her studies determined that one of the best things we can do for our children is read them fantasy to cultivate mm-hmm. their imagination. So that that is the best, that's the way to, to literally continue to till the soil of, of our soul. And we know that uh, the word humility comes from hummus or fertile soil to cultivate our souls for the mystical life. We need to imagine, we need to dream. And I think one of the best gifts that my parents gave my brothers and I was that they guarded our inner sense. And we were playing imagination games up, in, up until junior high. We were playing, you know, if it were Cowboys and Indians or Little House on the Prairie or what have you, we were, you were, we were living in our imaginations. And little children, they don't know the difference between reality and what they're imagining. That's right. And, and what does our Lord say that but we need to become like little children to enter the oh. kingdom of God? And so I think what's happening here, Janie, is we have an invitation from our Lord to once again become like little children, to regain um, our childlike heart. And that's even, in fact, Oh, I, I love the title of our show here, the Angie and Janie show um, <laughs> that one of the gifts that, um, that I've been given in my transformation the past four or five years is, is once again, regaining my childlike heart. And mm-hmm. my husband also brings that out of me like no one else. And so, um, just that resurrection of our childlike heart and, and children are always dreaming. They're living in their imaginations. There, anything is possible. And, um, and I think getting back to that level of faith and belief that we don't know how God is going to bring things about just in the way that right now in, in our current events, somehow, some way, God is going to bring about a greater good as if the, even more so than if the virus had never attacked our world and our human family. But we don't know how that's going to happen, but we trust in faith as beloved sons and daughters. So I think it's critical now more than ever, Jannie, that we dream. Yeah, um, because uh, I think people are afraid to dream because they think, oh, gosh, what if I what if I'm uh, dreaming outside the will of God or what if I'm not doing the will of God? Well, that's kind of a silly question, because if we're sincerely pursuing his heart, if we're working diligently in accordance with the Holy Spirit to form our mind and our will and our imagination by stepping out in faith, we're not and, and being detached from the outcome, surrendering that control, giving our fiat we're, we're allowing God to move us. And so if we do get off course a little bit, he's going to course correct us.
1: Yeah, like a um, child.
0: Like, <laughs> you know, I always, yeah. I have that image of a, of when a little child is learning to walk, yes. a parent is usually holding their hand. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the child thinks that they're stepping independently. Well, the beautiful thing is if they misstep, the parents guide them right back on track. Or if they fall down, they fall directly down, and then and then the parent picks them back up to their chest. That's exactly how God looks at us as little children. Yeah. And so, if we have the courage to walk, He can guide our steps.
1: And and not to know that our heavenly Father is not going to scold us for falling. Like imagine no. me scolding my you know one year old for falling. It's like what are you doing falling? No, with the tender heart of a father and a mother saying, "Oh, come on, let's try. You know, let, let's not yeah. give up, and let's try again." And I think that's where you know. I often get, you know, in the work that I do, I teach about visualization. I, we, we teach about dreaming, and just, you know, because you're leading so many women and so much more to come, is that we teach women to live and to seek God's dream for their life. We teach them to visualize, and, and you know, I have, you know, have had critics where people are like, well, there's no, you know, what what does it mean to be a woman of vision? I said, oh, without a vision we perish, but in order to have a vision, imagination is a prerequisite for us to actually visualize. And, and yes. can you think about the byproduct of a vision? A byproduct of a vision is actually hope.
0: It's hope. It's the resurrection of hope. Yes. Because and, and we have, and that's First Peter 3, 3.15, our first Pope told us to always be ready to give a reason for our hope.
1: Ah, and, and so that's why when we don't teach informed dreaming and we think visualization is bad and we think imagination And all these things, I'm going to read you some of one of the critics that, you know, kind of went up in arms for the things that I was talking about. And we really do a disservice to bringing hope in our world and bringing hope in women. And we know that today women are suffering hopelessness because depression, anxiety, stress is not seeing that there is a possibility of light after this, that they are, that they're seeing something outside of this. There's a suffocation in, you know, in, in, in that state of anxiety and depression where this is what it's going to be for the rest of my life, there is no hope. So we have an obligation to teach women how to dream so that they can actually walk in hope. And in order to teach dreaming, we actually have to teach them to manage their imagination, to yes. imagine what that would be like, and to become a one of vision. And so here's one of the critics I'm going to share with you because I one of the statements that I use is that you know, there's no contemplation without imagination. Right. Right. And she said, this is, this is inaccurate. No one who understands Catholic contemplative tradition would make such a statement. And that was my statement that contemplation, you know, there's no contemplation without imagination. And to clarify what I mean by that is that in order for us to contemplate the rosary, in order for us to contemplate the gospel, in order for us to contemplate the intimacy that we choose for our Lord, in order for us to contemplate Um, prayer life, we have to imagine ourselves in the presence of our Lord, isn't that imagination itself?
0: That's right, and that's 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 Lexio Divina. Um, that's a key part of Lexio Divina is placing ourselves in the story. So,
1: to me, this is an inaccurate assessment of the fact that you know, contemplative tradition to me that that. We need to create distinctions here and clarification because when you study the mystics, and you study the mystics, Mm -hmm. how do they perpetually live in the presence of God? They were living in their imagination as though heaven was on earth.
0: That's right. That's right. And literally, they're, they're living life with the veil lifted. And so that's, again, if we look at our world today, what is it that will enable you and I to be women of hope? versus women of fear and so much uncertainty. It's that we have confidence in God, that, that we have confidence that the victory is already won. And, and we're able to imagine him, again, bringing good. We're, that, that hope and that belief and that faith. I can't see that right now, right? When I'm reading the newspaper or looking yeah. out, um, but I have hope that our Lord can do that.
1: Yeah. And to imagine what this world would be like when we actually recalibrate and regain our perspective of all the crazy business. And maybe now it's about going back to our faith, going back to our family, going back to those simple, basic things, and to imagine a world that's better after the cross of our current culture right now, which is obviously this pandemic. But I think it's important for us to identify that the lack of formation in dreaming, the lack of formation in visualization is robbing us of becoming a woman of hope. Would you agree with that statement? 1,000%.
0: 1,000%. And Janie, as a woman of faith, as you know, we've been on this journey together for over a decade, um, that, that's exactly what happened to me. As a woman who was praying daily ho- holy hours and the rosary and going to mass and spiritual direction, I got profoundly depressed because I felt trapped and I no longer had a vision for the future. Um, I, I literally fell into deep depression that took me a long time. You know, I, I walked into that depression, which we know is anger turned inwards, and by the grace of God, I, he walked me out of it, but how did he walk me out of it? He restored my hope, which gave me a new vision for the future that my present reality wasn't going to be my future reality. Yes. With that, I would still be in bed somewhere.
1: Yes. And it is it is really beautiful to witness the transformation of, you know, cause you really work, Angela. that's the thing that I tell women all the time, you know, our visions, come into fruition through our human discipline and our sanctity. That's I mean, it. it's about the crucifixion here. You know, we, we yeah, gained heaven through the cross, right? So that's not just the cross for the sake of the cross. And that's what you went through. You worked on being a woman to gain this vision. And so I think that's, you know, what a kind God we have that, that he wants us to be perpetually living. A visible father. Yeah. That, that, and, and that's where I see right now, I, you know, because I've worked with so many women that I find that what actually gets women out of the funk and beginning to live again is Mm -hmm. actually dreaming. Like Angela, women could be praying all day long. It's critical. Yeah. They could be, you know, and they're doing the rosaries every day, but if they don't understand that, they don't understand that dreaming is part of the gift of them discovering their divine call, then it almost seems as though we're just going through the motion of our faith without this real desire for radical transformation of heaven on earth, right? Because that's what our dreams that's are. That's exactly
0: dreams- right, and I think Go ahead, exactly.
1: No, sorry, I thought you were cutting off. No, oh, I'm sorry,
0: I- go ahead. Yeah, to your point, dream is a revelation. Yeah. of God's plan for us. Oh, it's a should. revelation of um, what happens when We start to dream, have hope. Again, as we know, our worth is unconditional, right? Yeah. Um, it's not what we do here on earth. It's, it's our very being that is the message of God's merciful love in the world. But our dreams, our visions, our desires are a revelation of our unique contribution, yeah. our unique gift and our unique talents that are essential to the body of Christ. It's, it's only when each individual soul is fully expressing their unique Uh, uh, gifts, talents in call that, and and all of those unique calls working together as unique cells in the body, that the body of Christ can function as it should in the world and and fully reveal the life, death, and passion and resurrection of Christ.
1: I mean, isn't that so beautiful to think that now if we teach women how to dream, they will discover the divine call and that's what's actually going to make them feel more alive.
0: Exactly and and one way my, my husband always asks all the time what makes your heart sing what makes never your heart sing said that, Ange. No. and that and that is a straight a, literally from saint elizabeth of the trinity who my daughter that's her middle name is elizabeth after elizabeth of the trinity and that's she she her her core message And saint elizabeth i truly believe will become one of the next doctors of the church she's kind of right between Big T Teresa, Saint Teresa of Avila, and little uh, little T, little Saint Mm Teresa of Lisieux. I love both of them. But Elizabeth of the Trinity teaches us how to be mystics in the modern world, and she says that each soul is a praise of glory. Each Mm -hmm. soul is a praise of glory, a unique note in the divine symphony, and that's critical for each of us understanding who we are, in in God's eyes, and what our unique contribution is. And that's only possible when we're opening our heart and asking, what makes my heart sing? Because that's the Holy Spirit breathing life in and through our soul. And then our unique note going up to join the Divine Symphony. Yes. I mean, that could just, we can ponder that for hours because,
1: you know, I think my formation or lack of formation was that desires were bad. I had this automatic assumption that desires were bad that they were vain that they need to be tamed as opposed to being developed and so but i carried the scripture psalm 37 4 trust in the lord and he'll give you your heart's desire
0: You and so did my husband that was on our wall for decades yeah and and but the
1: thing why are we not taught to 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 pay attention to desires of our heart which becomes a window to god's fulfillment of his call in our life and then on not only that we're taught the visualization is bad because you know, we visualize things that are bad. I'm like, then why don't you visualize things that are good? We cannot solve darkness with darkness and fear. We have to bring light to it.
0: That's right. That's right. right. Like because we
1: can't change Hollywood by 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 being afraid of Hollywood. We have to infiltrate Hollywood with God.
0: Right. Exactly, because darkness again is just absence of light.
1: And we need to be that light. We need to be the woman of light. We need to be casting this vision. I mean, I had this one woman who was literally ang- up in arms because I was teaching becoming a woman of vision. Well, it's one of our script in the women's school. I'm a woman of vision. It's like, no, we cannot be a woman of vision only. And I, I'm thinking to myself, how far have we been you know, uncatechized, if there is a word, that we can't even consider ourselves to become a woman of vision. How did Joan of Arc have a vision of
0: going to war? I mean, exactly. think about that. Exactly, oh, and any, and any, right, and any of the saints, you know, I think of even sweet, you know, Saint Mother Cabrini, right, this tiny little Italian woman who was all of five feet tall, she crossed the ocean dozens of times, she planted over 50 schools and orphanages and hospitals, how did that come about? If she didn't vision. have a vision, right, you know, how Angelica. Did, yeah, how did Saint Teresa of Avila and John of the Cross reform the Carmelites if they didn't have a vision, How did Maximilian Colby create the the printing press that literally uh, brought about worldwide Marian consecration um, without a vision? How is that possible?
1: I just think it's a, it's it's a literally, I almost feel like it's a distortion of truth that we should be afraid of visualization, that visualization is in itself. And by the way, visualization is... is to imagine what's possible. And then the work is the passion. The work behind it is literally the discipline and the day in and day out formation that's required. It cannot just be, you know, cause I think there's this fear that visualization is this new age concept that if we visualize, it, it's going to happen. No, but we have to visualize and imagine kind of like creating a blueprint of how we want things to happen. And not just sort of this case whatever happened will be as though that's the way God would want us to live without an end and a vision in mind.
0: Exactly. And the key, that's key distinction here, Jannie, is that we're not visualizing and dreaming separate from God. Yes. That's the difference. There's almost this assumption that, well, that's separate from God. So what if I'm visualizing different from God? No, you're, it's, we're united. You know, what is Jesus's final prayer in the garden of Gethsemane, John 17, that they might be one as we are one, that they Mm -hmm. might be at home in us as that I am at home at you, uh, at home in you, Father's. And so we're if we truly believe especially as as catholics that in the eucharist we receive the body and blood of jesus christ soul and divinity then we are one with him then it's it's him breathing life in and through us so we're dreaming with a unification of hearts heart speaking to heart yeah. and that's I think, this isn't a separation from god
1: and that's where the fear is that comes in it's like what if i'm dreaming things outside of god well, I think that we, this is why we need to continually grow yes. every part of our life, our minds, our heart, our spirit, we need to be studying. We need to be working in our homes because as we, you know, uh, intentionally build to live a life of becoming the highest and best version of ourself that automatically leads us towards our Lord right yeah, because that's our high he's calling us to be the highest and best version of ourselves, which is ultimately the invitation for us to go closer to him right yeah. because if you if you put this on in very simple plain language if we're disciplined with our time that means we can get up in the morning and pray that means now we have an hour to ha- uh, you know with him and contemplating his will and desiring as opposed to maybe binging on netflix and not being able to get up or binging on social media and not being able to give up we can't open ourselves To him. So it does require us in a very human level to form ourselves. However, God knows we're going to fall. So we can't fear our fall. Like I love the line, and you know, especially in Easter, oh, happy fall.
0: Yes. That one would be so great, a redeemer.
1: Because then why would we not, you know, and to, to fear our own failures so we are steeped in action, afraid to envision, can't even
0: walk into our desires, is to inhibit the possibilities of God. And Janie, I think it's important to note. Then it's actually a, a misunderstanding of who God the Father is. He's not a judge looking to catch us fall. He mm-hmm. is a merciful, loving Father who also is, of course, pure justice. But he doesn't lead with. He desires not to lead with his justice. He desires to be known for his divine mercy. And um, and that's what's so powerful is he's not a father that's looking to catch us messing up. He's a good, good father who is looking. To catch us, do something good,
1: but that's the thing, Anne, is, is that our belief of who God is is often shaped—it's it, environmentally, which includes our own earthly father and our environment. So, if we were raised in a co- context where we had to prove ourselves to our father, you know, please the people around us, and constantly having to. Um, be perfect in order to get approval, we might have this belief system that that's the way the father operates, which could not be further from the truth.
0: We're projecting that on God, the father. And that's why I think, again, we're in such a special age. We know that the first, the first thousand years, the first millennia after the The life of our Lord here on Earth was dedicated to God the Father. The second millennia to God the Son. We're now in the third millennia, the age of the Holy Spirit, which is the age of Mary, who is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And I think part of the pain of our Father's heart is that He's unknown. He's so misrepresented and He's so misunderstood. And for so many people, that Father wound is so deep that there's nothing that's going to bridge that. So what does God do? He sends. He sends us Mary, His mother, His our mother who is nothing but pure, tender, merciful love. Because sometimes in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of our pain, the only thing that we can hear is a mother's voice. You know, who on a battlefield, this is, this is universally known. Who do people cry out for? They cry out for their mother. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's going to be in and through our lady and subsequently in and through us as women icons of Our Lady in the, in the world that are going to be the voice that call people back to the fullness of life. And that's why it's so critical that we, as, as Catholic women and leaders, have an understanding of who God is as our beloved Father, that we are his daughters, that he delights in, that he wants the very best for, that he wants us to have the abundant life. John 10, 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly in, in fullness and wholeness. And, and also that he gave us our mother, to help reveal his heart in the truth of who he is.
1: Yeah. And that's so profound. And we can even sit just in the idea that I think the next generation of saints is going to come forth to the formation of women, you know, whether we yes. form our sons, do whether we form our daughters. But I really believe that as, you know, our Holy Father, John Paul II, our late Holy Father, John Paul II, St. John Paul II, really yes. talked about the role of women and the dignity of women. I really believe yes. that it is time for us to actually, um, Form ourselves to become that pillar of hope pillar of faith pillar of joy in our home because I believe that that's where we're going to raise up an army and the next you know is to the formation in the heart of women and and yes we need each other we need men and women but I really you know that's what what the women's school dream and vision is is that we can rebuild culture to the formation of women to the heart of women Right. Exactly.
0: That's straight again from Venerable Fulton Sheen that the level of civilization will be determined by the level of its women. And right now, women are stuck and struggling and depressed and hopeless. And so it's it's essential. It's essential for the salvation of the world that women begin this journey of wholeness. Literally, salvation is riding on our pursuit and correspondence with grace towards wholeness.
1: I mean, there's never been a better time for us to rise to our call of wholeness so that we can give from a cup that's abundant and not empty and because today everywhere we go everyone's trying to rip us of that cup and you know we can go on about this and this is I think you know Angela and I's invitation for you is let's form ourself yes. to become pillars of hope of joy let's fill our cup let's be strategic yes. about forming ourselves intentionally in all the different parts of our arena, which we talk about in the women's school, so that we can actually not just, you know, um, not just kind of create a pipe dream that we're going to raise an army of saints, but work intentionally to really rebuilding the next generation of saints, beginning with, with our own sanctity and our own formation.
0: That's right. That's right. Because as, you know, both of our heroes, St. Edith Stein said, you know, as we become whole with the grace of the Holy Spirit, we become a pillar that others can lean against to become whole. That's so and powerful. As we, as we are become those pillars within the context of our family, our domestic church, then we'll be able, then our, our, the community will be able to lean upon our families and a nation upon our communities and the world upon our countries. You know, so it, it, it's that ripple effect that is gonna, is literally going to be this radiant light shooting out from our domestic churches across the world in and through the heart of women.
1: Well, we've got awesome work to do. And I'm so excited and grateful to be alongside this journey with you, Ange, and along with so many women in the women's school. And, you know, the invitation is is for you ladies that are, you know, um, interested in growing your formation, especially in this time right now. Uh, I would love to invite you to check out the women's school and the formation that we offer for the women in the deep dive formation. Um, and we're seeing, as Angela can attest to just the the transformation that women are having, um, from the, I mean, deep transformation (laughs) that, um, that I think, you know, nobody's really offering in the world right now, because what we are building in the women's school is an integrated formation of the whole woman. Right. trying to say, so, um, Thank you everyone for um, you know, joining us here and would love to hear your opinion. Send us an email at, um, and she can do your email and I'll do mine.
0: Great, so it's Angela schneiders 18 at gmail.com.
1: And it's uh, January, January and Donovan.com. And as um, you know, send us your comments, your thoughts and your um, uh, insights from this conversation. We'd love to have you on board and join this um, conversation with us we need each other we need everyone in the catholic faith we need to re you know revamp our faith and i believe that god is counting on us to be his hands and his feet and his eyes during this time of darkness Mm -hmm. awesome until the next podcast as we go deep dive into real issues thank you Ange. thank you jenny
0: Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. Please write us at info at jannieandangieshow.com. We would love to hear your comments and questions. And to learn more about our work at The Woman's School, please visit our website, thewomanschool.org. Finally, we encourage you to take the Wholeness Quiz, which you will find on our website, thewomanschool.org. Because as St. Edith Shine taught us, As a woman becomes whole, she becomes a pillar on which others can lean to be made whole. Thank you, ladies. Until next time, let us rise and together rebuild our church.